Good morning, everyone. It is Friday, September 9th, 2022. This is the SipStack podcast on Substack, read by myself, author Ryan Cipriani. Today's edition is entitled The Agony and Ecstasy of Self-Publishing, plus Why My Knight in Shining Armor is a Troll. Uh, just a, a forewarning um, for podcast listeners, I just recorded the voiceover version of this for uh, the Substack um, online article. I, I, this is a, an episode that I'm really passionate about, so um, I, uh, I appreciate your patience with some of my uh, impassioned uh, nature. Um, I'm really excited to, uh, to talk through some of the topics today, and I do hope that you find some help uh, in them or some useful tips and all that. Um, but I just kind of opine about my love for writing fantasy in this episode. So um, hopefully just a couple of minutes uh, that you'll, uh, you'll give to me. Um, and again, in the meantime, I should also be bringing you some very useful tips uh, for your own writer's toolbox. Although I'm several thousand miles away from home right now, thanks to electronic connectivity, I still feel uh, close to all my writing friends out there. And I want to thank all of you for indulging my journey this week in laying out the hows, whens, whys, and what's of Krogue the Battle Prince. My hope is that you, make, uh, you take away some lessons for your writing process and find ways to apply them to your own. I try and learn from other writers as often as I can. You never know what cool techniques you might be missing from your toolbox. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll see you next week. Assuming my flights land on time. Article 1. I wrote Krogue because I love to write. We may not like it, but human beings are a visual species, and a book cover is absolutely the first thing we judge a book by. It's not fair, it's not right, but them's the breaks, so get used to it and move on. All right, but a little less curmudgeonly. My friend from yesterday who is helping me edit Krogue's saga was right. If I was going to move forward with my own publishing, I needed to find a cover. What I did not realize at the time was that I was also going to need a marketing strategy distribution method and platform, a social media presence, and an ad campaign strategy. Still haven't gotten that one right. I was going to need ISBN numbers, barcodes. I'd need to know about trim size and form, how to format a document for printing, as well as how to turn a file into an ebook doc. Look, this part of the process is actually so overwhelming. I'm going to spend next week on the topic of self-publishing and walk uh, newer writers through the things that they will need, where to find them, and why they need them. For a Friday morning, though, I want to opine on the heavy lift of self-publishing and why I think it's worth it for Krogh's saga. I have to get up every day and push a boulder up a hill. That is the reality of being an unknown indie author who's self-published. Every day, I have to put my face, my voice, my name, and I work out there in some new way to try and get the attention of readers. I do not have a juggernaut like Penguin or Random House to strategically place my book in a high-traffic zone of a bookstore or pay influencers and high-profile reviewers to cover it. Krogh Saga isn't being optioned as a movie at the time of this writing, or raved about on evening talk shows. It's just not there. Yet. But here's the other side of this. I love pushing that boulder. I love this saga. There is not one word in it I regret writing, and if I could write the whole damn thing over again just to write it again, I would. In a heartbeat. No matter what else I write in my lifetime, and my goodness, do I have a lot more stories to tell, Krogh the Battle Prince will irrevocably always be my favorite. It's my story, my saga. And the great part about being self-published, it belongs to me too. I own the rights, the licenses, all of it. Big publishers don't get to have this one. It belongs to me, and it will stay that way. Now, I don't want this to come across as a hate on traditional publishing. For one thing, I have several other novels that I've written that I'm pursuing traditional publication with. It's just that they fit into that world better than Krogh does. I don't have the same grand designs for them. 
I love all of my writing, and I think they're all worth reading and bringing to the world. But something about Krogh hits differently, and I'm deeply protective of it. So next week, let's talk about the mechanics of self-publishing for those of you who resonate with this. For those of us who read and say, yeah, I feel the same way about my manuscript. I'm going to walk you through the trials and tribulations of getting a book out there and give you an honest breakdown of how difficult these things can be. But let me assure you, it's worth it. Article 2. Ashley, the knight in shining armor of Krogh's world. Role reversal was something I engaged in often in Krogh's saga as a satirical element. We've already discussed how Lee uh, sort of fits into this, um, but let's take another look uh, at a character who is a fairly direct shot across the bow of fantasy tropes in my writing. Uh, Ashley the Troll is probably the most obvious. Despite his monstrous appearance, Ash is arguably the saga's knight in shining armor. He's a skilled, wise, dedicated, and steadfast. No one else embodies the more classical ideals of a chivalrous warrior than Ash. So why'd I put those uh, attributes in a nine-foot-tall bruiser with tusks? We expect our heroes to look a certain way. Dashing. Handsome. Perfectly symmetrical with hair that falls like curtains of silk. We're comfortable with our heroes being attractive. The human mind is set at ease by attractiveness. I didn't want my hero, the bold, upstanding knight of my saga, to fall into these typical definitions. I wanted him to be classically frightening. In fact, I wanted the audience to reject him for the way he speaks and the way he appears. Because that's what makes his wisdom, ferocious friendship, and calm guidance all the more rewarding. When you fall for Ash, you really fall for him. You fall for the troll's qualities, not appearance. And when readers connect with Ashley, it's just magical. In fact, I went so far as to have Krogh and Ash switch bodies and minds during a particularly madcap adventure in the second volume. It's a chance for Krogh to get a better understanding of what being a troll is like in his world. And it's an opportunity to really hit the audience over the head with a metaphor in case they hadn't gotten it yet. Again, some of the satire in Krogh's saga is subtle, and some of it is absolutely not. Ash is absolutely one of my favorite characters from the series. And because he's essentially ageless, as I go on to write other fantasy tales, I will almost certainly bring Ashley along for the ride. He is what my knight in shining armor will always be in my writing. Article 3. My Inspirations. High Fantasy. Maybe this is obvious, but how could I conclude my sources of inspirations without mentioning the great high fantasies of the past? I read The Hobbit for the first time when I was in first grade. Lord of the Rings would follow years later along with classical mythology, Arthurian legend, Dune, the Star Wars novelizations, Beowulf, and dozens of others. Fairy tales and fantasy stories shaped my initial worldview. They gave me hope that I, a short, scrawny, bookish nerd, could somehow grow up one day to be a tall, strident knight. They helped me find hope in a world so often plagued with darkness. I wrote Krogh's Saga as a retort to classical high fantasy, but never in a mean-spirited way as I laid out earlier this week. I think we often poke fun at the things we love, like pranking our significant other or sarcastically ribbing our siblings. I took the time to write a satirical response to high fantasy not because I disliked it or thought it needed to be put in its place, but out of love. If I hadn't read those uh, fantasy stories early on and spent my nights before falling asleep imagining I was riding at breakneck speeds on a charger across golden fields towards adventure, I might never have gotten seriously into writing. Fantasy, fairy tale, and adventure novels irrevocably shaped my worldview and my writing journey, and I am proud to be a fantasy author. There are a lot of writing styles out there, and you can become a writer of a lot of things. Me, I love writing fairy tales.
Once again, I want to thank you all for sharing in Krogh's journey. There's a lot more to tell, and I'll occasionally revisit this process in the future to share other learnings, but this has been a really fun to relive and spread some of the knowledge. Happy adventures this weekend to all my writers, readers, poets, and dreamers. We'll see you Monday.